three, five seconds left. Three seconds, two, one, and that is it. The Quakers have won here at the Palestra. Everybody's running out on the court. The final score, the Quakers 92, St. Bonaventure 83. We'll be back for the wrap-up. Getting to the middle of November, everybody, and don't look now. College basketball is not on the horizon. It's here, baby. It's Saturday night. I'm Eggy. I'm here with Ian. Here is the Big Five college basketball preview for you guys coming at you. This is our third season doing the BLC. First Big Five preview, Ian. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and it deserves it. Big Five basketball in Philadelphia is the real deal. I went to Temple. My mom went to Nova. A lot of her siblings did as well. My dad went to St. Joe's. Well represented. A lot of his family went to St. Joe's. I'm a Philly mutt, man. And yeah. I root for everyone in the Big Five when they're not playing each other. Yeah. When they start playing each other, it gets a little iffy. Exactly. The family gets a little mad at each other. My mom doesn't make me a nice warm dinner sometimes because, you know, I root against the Wildcats occasionally. I mean, listen to those schools off. We got it represented. We don't have any LaSalle or Penn here, but... St. Joe's alum, proud St. Joe's alum. I'm going to be an alum from Villanova, too. So I'm kind of becoming a Philly mud as well. Yeah. So we're really excited about the interview that we have. We have men's uh, basketball assistant coach at University of Penn, Trey Montgomery, coming in. Ian, they're not the defending champs. They just happened to win last year. Trey's all about this year. Penn recognizes, and Joe Donahue, they see that they had a great year last year, and they're ready for business this year. So he and I, we had a great conversation. Talked about a lot of things. We talked about... Any ghosts of the Palestra, maybe? Maybe? maybe. Trey hasn't run any uh, paranormal activity yet. We talk about his, uh, his upbringing, coming from Louisiana, uh, his journey to, to being a coach, and what Penn brings to the table this year. I think it's a fascinating story, a fascinating conversation, because up until last year, when Penn broke Villanova's streak, the Wildcats have been all over the Big Five, and really all over the country winning. So I think it's a fantastic story and an interesting point where the Big Five is with a lot of transition, a lot of change, too. Yeah, first year without Phil Martelli up at Hawk Hill. Yeah. And um, Temple's had a couple down years since I've graduated. But we have Aaron McKee stepping up to the plate after that. What would you call that with uh, Fran Dunphy? Is that like Fucking a... stupid? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a coach in waiting. Okay. Coach in waiting, which is becoming... More not as not as unique or different as we might think. It's becoming yeah. a big thing, but it's good for Aaron McKee, I think, and, and for Temple to, to move on and have him there. Yeah, absolutely. Know? No, Aaron McKee, I what a great follow up to the legend Fran Dunphy. Honestly, Fran wasn't as successful as we probably hoped at Temple. Um, 
but he's a legendary Big Five coach, and I was happy to have him. I ran into him uh, on the elevator when I was at Temple, and yeah. he, he brought up the hometown, Trinity High, who's a basketball dynasty, brought up in Dick Vitale's book, and he brought up the Morris brothers. He, he grew up in uh, North Philly on uh, Route 1 with uh, Mr. Morris. Dude, I will always give Fran Duffy credit for this joke. It was a bad dad joke, but it was hilarious. I was at Newman Gretti talking. It was me, their head coach, and Fran Dunphy. We were just chatting. He asked me where St. Joe's was playing that day. And I was like, oh, they're at St. Bonaventure. And he was like, oh, Olean. I spent a year up there one day. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, tough, solid. <laughs> so I got to say, I like anytime I talk about Olean, New York, I say that every time. All right. Because I think it was a funny joke. Well, Eggy, let's get right into this. <laughs> Newcomer of the year, let's start with Coach. I mean, I'm obvious here. I'm going with Aaron McKee. Aaron, welcome to the Big Five as a head coach, 2-0 and with the Temple Owls. It's going to be an exciting year. I hope it up. I hope to make it to the Leah Corps Center at least five times this year for a couple games. I know my old roommate, Mike Rahm, is interested, so... This is a great venue. Yeah. It's a great venue. Temple fans don't fill it as well as they should. Right. But it is good. So We, we need one of those like Villanova runs in the tournament, and that will get people excited and back into it. But. Yeah. So credit to Temple. They had a good win, big win against Morgan State today at home. Aaron McKee seems to be settling in just fine. My newcomer of the year for coach, I'll stay with my alma mater, Billy Lang. Wins a first game the other day. i got to credit St. Joe's. We were recording the other day. Turn the game on. Dude, I thought they were going to maybe compete a little bit. I mean, Bradley's like a solid team in the Missouri Valley. I mean, they're probably going to win that conference. They have a guard who's their leading scorer. It has been for the past couple of years. I mean, for them to – now, granted, it was at home, but to still, like, wear down Bradley and win that game that they did, dude, it's a credit to what they're doing. And also look out for John Griffin as well. John Griffin Jr., he um, played, if you remember, remember when Bucknell beat Kansas? Yeah. He was on that team. He's, you know, the son of, you know, John Griffin Sr., who's coach at St. Joe's. His brother, Matt, is the head coach at Roman Catholic, who has one of the best players in the country right now. So they are a coaching family, coaching pedigree. I think Billy Lang's going to do pretty good stuff at St. Joe's, even though I'm still pretty bitter about how they did feel wrong. So Yeah, I was talking to my dad's cousin, Kevin, uh, today at the funeral. Rest in peace to uh, Dennis Johnson, my grandpa's brother, youngest brother. And uh, he was asking me all about St. Joe's. Once I told him you went there, he mm. wanted your opinion. He was a St. Joe's grad, and he liked the fact that you were a little upset um, with Phil being gone, but he agreed that it was time to move on. So Yeah, I would say I was a lot of upset. You yeah. know, it's it's interesting. My brother and I were cracking up at watching, you know, seeing Coach on the, on the bench at Michigan. You know, he was like chilling, man. You know, Phil Martelli, if anyone wants to go back and – you know, especially as college basketball is starting, if you want to have a good preview of Michigan basketball and what they'll do in the Big Ten this year, go back and listen to our uh, episode with Phil Martelli, yeah. assistant men's basketball coach at Michigan. It's interesting saying that instead of head, head men's basketball coach at St. Joe's. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, you probably don't need to make a terribly, like, complex argument to, to say that it may, be, may have been time. But, yeah. of course, like, the, the handling of it was, you know, atrocious and, uh, you know, makes makes someone like myself not want to go around there. Right. Um, but I did the other day, and it was really interesting to see how Billy Lang does things. Coach was uh, Martelli. He was pretty hands-off with how he did things. He was an older guy than Billy. But, and so funny, Lang was, like, in the middle of drills, dude. Wow. Like, like he was fucking warmed up. They have, um, I mean, credit to them. They got the old Houston Rockets athletic trainer. Okay. So he seems to be a hard ass, I guess. Um, and then Billy Lang was, like, right in the fucking middle of these drills. I and, mean, to to yeah. find a guy like Billy Lang to replace a legend like Phil Martelli, 
That's a good pull by he's, Sanchez. He's the right guy for the job. Yeah. He's the right guy for the job. But you got to be careful. Villanova's tentacles are going everywhere right now. Because oh, yeah. Ashley Howard is there. He's going to do a great job at LaSalle. And, uh, you know, Billy, while he was a Sixers guy, he's for, first and foremost, I would say, in Philly basketball, a Nova guy. Right. Um, that's right. Yeah. And that's that's great. I mean, Jay Wright, um, arguably one of the best coaches in the country. Crushing. So, um, I just say that because I'm a St. Joe's guy. So, <laughs> um, so, my newcomer of the year for player, can I throw my player out? Yeah. All right. Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly was the Philadelphia Catholic League player of the year, his senior year. Wanted to try to play, I think, at a higher level. Didn't get the looks that he wanted. Went and spent some time at the University of Delaware. Did a really good job for Martin Inglesby. Um, now he's here at St. Joe's. Underwent that transition. And we were watching that game. Dude, he didn't have like any points at the beginning of the game. Barely in the first half. Dude finished with 26 points the other day. And a very solid win against Bradley. But beyond him scoring though, he plays fucking hard. He's like a solid 6'5", maybe like 230, 225. They were saying he looks like a linebacker. I really, really like the way that he played. So I think he can be a good foundational guy for them going forward. I think Ryan Daly is not a freshman. He's a transfer, but a newcomer to the Big Five nonetheless. I think he's going to do great this year. All right, newcomer of the year for me, player-wise, is from Villanova. Mom, I would like some pepperoni bread on Christmas Eve, please. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He had 24 and 13 in that win against Army. He looks to be a force for the Villanova Wildcats this year. Dude, and what we're doing right now for this preview, we got Newcomer of the Year, Big Five MVP, and then our picks for who will win the Big Five. Let's go into MVP right now. Ian, I'm going to piggyback off you. Not only do I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is the Newcomer of the Year, he's the MVP of the Big Five this year. Wow. Hot take, all right? Because it makes sense to me. This guy, he's going to be a premier, premier scorer for the premier team in the, in the Big Five. Why not? I mean, he's got the size to compete against anybody in the league. He is going to be able to do that the Big East, the Big Five. He set a freshman record the other day, having 24-13 and 13 against a very inferior Army team. But this kid, he's a Kansas guy. He broke rank going to Villanova instead of going to, uh, you know, going to Allen Fieldhouse and playing for Bill Self. McDonald's All-American. He's USA Basketball. He's as blue-blooded as it gets. I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to assert himself early and often, especially against these four opponents in the Big Five. He's my Big Five MVP this year. All right, I'm going to go with... I was in between two players from Temple University. I think they take Don't a be a homer here, man. I'm not. Don't give me the homer. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but I think Temple takes a nice big step up this year, honestly. We got Quentin Rose, who's a yeah. vet for the team. Yes. Uh, it was between him and Nate Pierre-Lewis. Quentin Rose has had 14 against Drexel and 16 against Morgan State. I think he's probably going to be the most consistent on the team, but I'm going to give the MVP to Nate Pierre-Lewis. He had 16 points against Drexel. And he had 19, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists against Morgan State. Yeah. Dude, he's not a huge guy. He's 6'4", 200 pounds. He's from uh, Plainfield, New Jersey. Yep. The guy can play, dude. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So I'm going to go with Nate Pierre-Lewis as my MVP. I think I think Temple, Penn, St. Joe's, Nova. I'm not going to go LaSalle. I think all four of those teams actually have a shot to win the Big Five this year. I think it's going to be more competitive than normal. It is wide open. It is. It's wide open. And speaking of that, Ian, who are you taking to win it all? So I know I just gave my Temple spiel. I think they'll be in the race, but I think Nova will take it. It's what they do this year, not only in the Big Five, but in the March Madness and everything in the Big East tournament. I think it. a lot of it lies on the improvement of Colin Gillespie. I think they need yeah. him to step up. 
and be their Archie Diacono. And if he can, I think um, I think they'll have a great year. Sadiq Bay has looked phenomenal for them so far. It was one win against Army, but the guy's six eight, two fifteen. He could be a force for them. Yeah, yeah. I saw him on campus the other day. I was like, Chomp. You say what's up? Nah. I, in my mind, I was like, What's up, Chomp? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Gillespie or Bay? Uh, Bay. Uh, I see Gillespie all the time too, and I don't really like. Uh, are you bitter because Gillespie dropped 30 on your team? Of course. That's what I mean. I'm like, I saw him one time. That, I like Dada. Damir Cosby Roundtree. If anybody loves anybody, if you love a guy that just runs, plays hard, has a good energy, a good attitude, you know, Dada is your guy. Damir Cosby Roundtree, you won a national championship, number 21 inside for Villanova. Great guy. When I went to watch Eggy coach when he was at Conwell Egan uh, in the Catholic League, they were playing a team called Wood. Archbishop Wood. And uh, JM and I were in the stands, and Eggy had let us know that one guy was going to Nova. And all these athletic black dudes were just dunking in warm-ups, and we were like, which black dude's going to Nova? <laughs> and this sorry. little white dude comes out and drops 33 points on Conwell Egan. It turns out to be Colin Gillespie. So pretty cool story. He was tough, man. He was tough. So um, I think the Nova pick is a – it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. It's the low-hanging fruit there. I really want to do that, but I'm going to be honest, researching Penn and talking with Trey and just being you know, around what they've done this summer and going in here, there's no reason to me why they can't beat Villanova again. It would be tough on the road. And if they don't beat Villanova, there's, again, no reason to me why they can't beat St. Joe's, LaSalle, and Temple. So I'm picking for at least a share a or outright a victory for Penn to win the Big Five again, and it's why why because they have huge guys that are very skilled. They have two very good newcomers in Lucas Monroe from Abington, whose teammate Eric Dixon is at Villanova, mm-hmm. and then Max Lorca Lloyd is one of the bigger recruits that Penn has gotten in a really long time. He's a big dude. Andrew Wong is like you know Mike Jensen, who came on this program. If you remember, he was calling Michael Wong not only like one of the best freshmen in the Big Five, but in the country and one of the best players in the Big Five. That guy takes another step. AJ Broder is going to be a senior. He he's had like 20 points the past two games. They just lost a really strange game to Rice by 20 after having gone on the road and beating out beating Alabama. So despite that, I think Penn takes another Big Five title. So, sorry, Trey. He doesn't like saying that they're defending champs. I think the defending champs repeat again this year. Okay. So, uh, we didn't plan for this, but how many big five teams do you think will make the NCAA tournament? It's going to be two. Two? It's going to be two. Yeah, Nova is a lock. I Um, think if Penn wins, it could be three. Exactly. So, St. Joe's and LaSalle are definitely not going to. I think Penn has a a decent chance to win the Ivy, you know, because they always will. Uh, Harvard is very good this year, though, like yeah. really good. So people are going to pick Harvard and have, and they'll continue to do so. Um, they could win. And uh, Temple, you know, with the AAC getting as much cred as it is, you know, whether we like it or not, I, I think, you know, like say UCF with a great showing against Duke in the tournament last year, um, Memphis having the recruiting class that they have with, with Wiseman in the middle, hopefully eligibility-wise they're okay there. And which who's is, their head coach now? Who is it, dude? Penny Hardaway. Penny, man. And good for him, dude. He fucking sat in their interview. Like, even the ESPN guys, like Robbie Hummel, they were like, why would you play in this or that? And, like, I don't know. They People are, I'm telling you, man, they're not afraid with going toe-to-toe with the NCAA and calling their bluffs. And 
the NCAA probably is going to be punitive and vindictive in what they do. So that's why arguably the Heisman front runner didn't play today for Ohio State, right? And that's why Wiseman and Memphis will probably be screwed by it. But to digress, I think Temple could also be a tournament team. Um, I don't know, though. I'm going to say two. Okay. All right, so it's Nova or either of the two. What right. do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Two or three. Penn wins the Ivy and the Big Five. Yeah. I think they definitely get in. But And I'm going to go ahead and say that Temple will get in this year. I think they compete and take a step forward like they haven't in a couple of years. It's time. Yeah, and let's apologize in advance. We have very little info on LaSalle. Sorry, LaSalle. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Howard's doing a great job, but like they are irrelevant in other ways. So. And we apologize to Drexel. You didn't get in the big five. Sorry, you guys <laughs> suck. <laughs> Drexel, no. <laughs> This is no bullshit City 6, man. Yeah. Like, fuck out of here. Yeah. But Zach Spiker does a great job with Drexel. I think they were going to do a really good job and. I still get angry that Damian Lee is playing for the Warriors right now. Like, what the fuck? Pretty awesome. Why? How? What the heck? So, um, Ian, if you have anything else? No, let's get into this interview. Yeah, so again, thank you for Trey Montgomery and Penn Men's Basketball for hosting the BLC. I mean, Ian, Trey not only gave us an interview, he showed me around, like, took me to Franklin Field, showed me the offices, the locker rooms. You know, we did camp this summer, so I got to be in the palestra and, uh, he was just like a delightful dude. You so know? where were you for this interview? You were we in- were in his office. Okay. Yeah, we were in his office, which was kind of cool because a friend of mine that graduated with me, Ashley Robinson, she's an assistant coach at Penn for the women's team. So I got to see her, catch up a little bit. And Trey and I, we sat in his office. You know, we mentioned that, talk about his digs a little bit. Um, his, his, he's got, he shares an office with a guy named Joe Mihalik, who uh, whose father was the former coach at Niagara and a bunch of places, and Joe's great people as well. So... Um, can't speak highly enough about Penn men's basketball and Penn as a whole. They are class acts. So um, didn't have a chance to meet Coach Donahue, but we'll, we'll touch upon him. We talk, talked about a lot. So this is uh, Trey Montgomery of the, the champions of 2018 Big Five and maybe this year um, the Penn men Quakers. An NCAA tourney appearance one year and a Big Five sweep the next. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a heck of a time to be a Penn Quaker. Bro Love Cast is here at the Cathedral of College Basketball, the Palestra, to speak with one of the men responsible for this success, Penn Assistant Men's Basketball Coach Trey Montgomery. Trey, thanks for having me today, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, we were walking in, we saw women's basketball coaches, we saw Ralph Sampson's cousin. Yeah. Trey, what was he, was he his cousin? What are you, I don't <laughs> I believe it. He I mean, had his last name. Same last name. He had his last name, yeah. Really cool guy. I mean, he's, he, he, <laughs> was talking, he was talking like he knew his business. He, he so. did. He had. Um, he was dropping, like, hard numbers. I like, mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, who am I to judge? So. Exactly, exactly. Exactly and the, who he is. No, man, it was, it was good. I like this building because not only do you have the history of the palestra, but I was walking up, I had never seen a fencing room before. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, man. Do you ever get in that fencing room? No. I mean, you see it, and for the most part, I, I, I will not partake in any of the fencing activities. <laughs> um, but I see it from time to time, so it's pretty cool. Okay, so no no saber jousting in the in the office of the Penn coaches? Nah, none of that. None of that. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll get into it. So, Penn, this is a big five preview. Mm-hmm. Y'all are the champions, man. Defending yep. champions. So... Definitely. Penn won the Big Five for the first time since '02 last year. What was it about that team that set you guys apart? I think last year we were just a tough team. Uh, you know, last year being my first first year with um, with the Quakers, it was just 
was it was a it was a tough bunch. It was a gritty bunch, and we had a lot of experienced players. Um, and even for for so with the Big Five, um, there were a lot of teams that were pretty experienced, and so I think they had a good understanding of what it was about. They were four years deep of that type of competition, and uh, they were just ready for the challenge and ready to do something special. Um, and uh, we just had a lot of guys that were able to pull their weight on that end, and so um, all the teams were very competitive. Um, <laughs> We were just fortunate enough to to maximize each and every opportunity we went out there and kind of get those wins. Absolutely, and, and perfect 4-0, first time since 2 and second time since 73 and 74. I mean, since Steve Donahue has been here, you guys have done some pretty great things. So um, four good wins, and you mentioned great competitors, but especially that Villanova team that you guys beat. They were 17th in the country at the time. You guys hosted them here. I mean, I remember catching the tail end of that game. Um, I'm just happen to be a Villanova student right now. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it was pretty funny, Trey, because if you remember uh, a disgruntled freshman who will go unnamed in that sense tweeted right. out, right? Remember Quinn? Oh, named Quinterly, right? So he wasn't right. happy about it, and so there was some trouble in paradise out on Lancaster Avenue after that game, right? Because yeah. Penn, or excuse me, Villanova hadn't lost for 25 games. So tell me about that game. What did, what did you guys do? Uh, let's start with game plan, right? You had a heck of opponent coming in, defending national champs. How did you guys draw that up? Um, normally with the game plan, we treat it just as much as um, every, everyone else that we play. We try to look at the, the ways that we could be successful with what we have at the time. And um, we go in with a, a, not necessarily a certain game plan for, for teams offensively, but defensively we look at who's um, doing certain things. Um, and uh, we try to do the best that we can to stop, um, you know, whatever their main objectives are, try to disrupt it, but mainly be who we are. Um, there's always going to be teams where we're going to come across and they're going to be like, okay, well, they run this, that, and the third, and they punch it down in the post, so we got to, you know, stop this and blah, blah, blah. We just try to do the, the minor adjustments that we need in order for us to be successful in the things that we're good at. We play man-to-man for the most part, and so um, to just play our style of basketball. And then uh, from there, just to be as tough and hard-nosed and win all the intangibles as possible. And so... Um, try not to foul we try to get every loose ball we try to rebound well we try to get out and transition as much as we can if we can't we try to be safe and secure with the ball um and all of those things should be tied in with just about everybody's uh in the country those are pretty generic (laughs) rules but at the same token we try to od on some of those things and try to make sure that we're doing all of those minute details um very well and keep our things very crisp and so um when it comes to that game i don't think there was anything too different there was a certain game plan i won't name specifics but at the same token there's a certain game (laughs) not gonna give your secrets away Trey no I mean I, don't, I, I won't do that because I wasn't that wasn't num, number one that wasn't my that scout, wasn't your scout but, but yeah num, but number two you know number two I mean at the end of the day um you know on film it, it kind of shows for itself but uh at the end of the day we we tried to do the things that we thought that were going to be advantageous for us to put us out over the hump and uh fortunately enough at the end we got the the win yeah absolutely and Tell me about, you know, I just said the palestra that's historical. I mean, yeah. I always say there's like ghosts in here. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody, is, that, is it haunted, bro? Is everybody it, says that. Is it really? Everybody, everyone says that? Everybody Damn. says that. I was I was thinking that like if I if I talk about it, I think I'm like the, the unique no, person. You're not the only it. person. Like some people have heard I've, I've heard stories where some people have said like they're walking past the palestra and nobody's in there, they could hear a ball bouncing or they could hear shoes squeaking and they walk in there and nobody's in there. Um have you had any basketball or paranormal experiences here at the Palestra? I have not. You have not? I All have right. Not. Yet. Not yet. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, <laughs> I've always been the person to say, listen, I don't deal with ghosts 
and ghosts don't deal with me, and I like to keep <laughs> it just like that. So, um, well, yeah, this might sound a little new agey on my part, but I'm like a big energy guy. You yeah, know what I mean? I can no feel doubt. the positive vibes no when doubt. I walk into this gym. Like you can feel all those things. It's, oh, it's pretty amazing. And you have you have this great classic picture. I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's basically the palestra completely filled with the five different colors of the big five teams. Um, I mean, that's a classic image, right? <coughs> no and doubt. It's it's a shame. Had you ever seen? I never got to see the streamers coming off. Like the yep. the days of the double headers yeah. and the streamers on the first basket are done, man. So we don't. I don't think they do that anymore. However. They did it at the end of the game versus St. Joe's. And oh, so yeah. it was pretty. Oh yeah, you had to run it. You had so, to run it in against us. Uh, well, huh? no, it, it was just that. It just so happened that St. Joe's was the last game of the Big Five, and so after we won that game, because of the reason that we won the the Big Five after yeah. that game, uh, they they definitely threw the streamers, which was a pretty cool sight to see. Um, that was great. That was great. I did mean, you the, do like? Snow angels in the, in the uh, streamers no. as well, or no, you were just you're trying to keep it cool. With it? I mean, it's, to be honest, though, it was pretty quick. Everything happened. I'm sure. Really yeah. Quick. I think um, after the Villanova game, there was way more excitement because it was like it was, it, it, and everything's all about timing. You know, it's Tuesday night. There's not very many games going on that day. I think the game that followed us on that day was two mid-major programs, which is not to say that it wasn't a good game, but it probably wasn't as high profile because it wasn't a ranked opponent. Sure. Um, and then, you know, it's packed. Fran Fraschilla's in the building, you know, on ESPN, ESPN2. And so you just get this big upset. And so everybody's like rushing the court and blah, blah, blah. And then I think once we won the Big Five, there was kind of a sense of a uh, 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 I won't say a relief of the fan base, but they kind of understood like this long journey of what happened that, you know, even I, I personally, I hadn't felt that because I'd only been a part of the program for a year, but just seeing the excitement that every, that, that it brought, it wasn't necessarily the shock moment. It was just more like, we got it. We did it. Yeah. Hurrah, hurrah. You know? And so, um, that was, that was a, a really cool special moment for us. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, kudos to everybody that was involved in the pink community on that one because that was that was pretty cool. And remind me, and, and for the listeners too, because I didn't know what this was. What's hurrah hurrah? So hurrah hurrah! Don't 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 quote me on this, but don't hurrah, go, hurrah, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> put you on the spot. <laughs> but hurrah hurrah is, uh, is is a chant that's a part of uh, the pin uh, fight song, or you know, at the end of um, you know when teams sing their alma mater. Um, they, they sing it, and uh, the fan base as well as the players, and they have this chant. Part of it is hurrah, hurrah to Pennsylvania. So okay, um, so that's uh, one of the one of the parts of the particular song, and so All right. it just kind of stuck. So no, no, that's cool. And and before we got on for the listener, as we were sitting here at Trey's desk, he's got the the poster, and the guys are all doing the hand motion with yeah. the, the closed fist starting at the chest and going out forward. Yeah. You got great personnel, man. I want to get to them in a second, but can we can we hear a little bit about you? I know I I mean I met you over the summer, mm-hmm. and you're a great guy. I appreciate you having me here, and I did your summer camp. Don't butter me up too much. I know, man. I know. I, know. I just you know. So yeah, I knew your colleague Joe Mahalik. Uh, no, he was cracking up because when I saw him the first day, I was like, Joe, how's your dad doing, man? And he was like. Dude, how old are you? Like, you don't know my dad. Like, he was like, how do you know my dad? So I knew I knew his father from when he was coaching at Niagara. And, of course, I'd heard many things about him. Hadn't met Coach Donahue, but you guys are good people, man. So yeah. tell me about yourself. I know, you know, you're from down south and you've gone a few different places here. 
Yeah, originally from uh, right outside of New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, in a small town, uh, St. Rose, Louisiana. Um, and I uh, went to school at Destrian High School, which is basically a neighboring town, uh, which ultimately is where my parents resided the latter part of my uh, adolescent years. Um, and uh, really nice area. Um, it's, it's an area basically for football players. Okay. Um, so a lot of high major and high higher athletic football players have come out of there. Jordan Jefferson, starting quarterback at LSU. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Ricky Jefferson and his their younger brother, Justin Jefferson, who's a star at LSU right now. Mike uh-huh. Young, who's at uh, uh, Notre Dame right now, as well as Glenn Logan, who's at Notre Dame right now. All those guys, uh, John Emery, who's at LSU right now. So all those really? guys went to my high school. Um, that's Bayou uh, Bengal territory. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Ed Reed went to my high school. No way. So, yeah. So like oh, a lot man. of good, uh, a lot of good football talent has come from my high school. Damaris Johnson played for the Eagles. Um, you know, just so many, so many talented players from the football aspect. So not very many played people play basketball. Yeah, it's you got great. the size, man. You didn't play football. Uh, listen, I was five eight going into high school. So, <laughs> Never mind. Never so mind. It, it, it didn't. The height didn't catch up until later, and so yeah. Um, uh, you know, nobody really played basketball. It was, a, it was a tertiary sport, and so basically, once we got, once I got to a certain time, you know, and I really started to get into basketball, um, I was really starting to learn some of the foundational pieces to my game as well as basketball. And then finally, from there, uh, was fortunate enough to run into the right people at the right time because I wasn't really getting recruited as a junior, and then okay. um, basically uh, got a got a full scholarship to Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, got coached by Jimmy Tillett, who is one of uh, one of the premier coaches for offenses in the country at the time. Who ran a lot of Princeton style offense. We actually ran it better than Princeton, um, which I will say. Is that, that right? <laughs> I will definitely say that. I know, I like the back of my hand, and uh, yeah, that's so. Fortunately, played there. Had a great career for for. I was there for five years because I redshirted my first year at Tolman ACL. Okay, and then. Uh, had over a thousand points scoring and did great, and then That's awesome. uh, from there ended up playing overseas for a little bit. Got knocked around. Got invited to NBA uh, NBA D League uh, or, or G League now. Yeah. Uh, training camp got hurt and hurt my ankle. I was only there for a couple of days, Thanks, and so man. started to realize that basketball was probably not you know in the future for me because you know guys are getting better, they're more talented. Um, but I was happy I was able to give it a shot, and then. Kind of went back home and got into coaching, and then nice. started coaching at my high school and coaching AAU, and got uh, got invited to uh, coach up here in Philly at Eastern University uh, yeah. through a friend of mine. Uh, we had a mutual contact, and uh, next thing you know, um, work, came around here, started working some camps, and right place, right time, and sure. got invited to coach here at Penn, and the rest is history. So I'm enjoying myself. I'm living the dream, and. Uh, come to work happy each and every day because I get to work with great athletes and uh, work with great people um, yeah. and a great university, a great community, and just kind of, you know, fulfill my my aspirations as a coach. No, that's awesome, man. And was and, and it's funny, you know, right place, right time you mentioned. was divi- So Division One coaching, like when you got into it, was that was that at the top of your head I always, that you wanted to? I always considered myself, I, I always consider myself to be a, a guy who wanted to be on that level, sure. on the Division One level. Sure. Um, and it just, I just didn't know how, <laughs> you yeah, know, right? much <laughs> easier you know, thought and said than done. And, right? and then coming <laughs> from the South where again, everything's so football based, you, you don't really get too much information on, 
you know, how to get started. And so up here, you know, I'm, I'm talking to these, these kids left and right about, you know, I'm going to be a GA or I'm a manager for this program or I'm, I'm, I'm doing these clinics or I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And they have so many different avenues up here in the Northeast as opposed to in the South, this very primitive mindset of, you know, you just got to get on some way, somehow. And so mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to be able to build the right connections. And to be honest, I was fortunate enough to run into the right people at the right time. Yeah. It just kind of worked out. So. It is a small basketball world, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is. It is. That's cool. All right. And tell me about Coach Donahue. I, I, unfortunately, like I said, I, I never met him, heard great things. I know he's a Philly guy, and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it earlier. So he's he's here under Fran Dunphy at Penn. They were successful, of course. He gets a head coaching job at Cornell. They do three straight NCAA tournament appearances. They... I think I remember seeing them. They really had that big guy who was a shooter. They were yeah. playing. They, they they met who did they they were playing at the Carrier Dome mm-hmm. in the Sweet Sixteen in that second round. They they met somebody tough. I forget. I can't. University of Kentucky. It was Kentucky. It was Kentucky, <laughs> man. They met Kentucky in the in the I think yeah. Sixteen. You remember? Yeah. But they had it in the dome. It was packed. Yeah. It was packed. So they so, talk about John Wall and uh, it was that team and Demarcus Cousins and. Uh, all of those guys. So, um, if you're gonna get beat, it's it's, it's not yeah. bad to get beat by a couple I mean, of great perennial all stars and uh, some, <laughs> some some guys who have made some hundred million dollar contracts. You so. know what I'm thinking right now is the John Wall. Yeah. I haven't thought of that in like nine years, man. <laughs> like for, <laughs> no, man. that dance, that was that was everything. All right, so yeah. so he has that. He's there, and then gets a job at Boston College, a coach there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going up there. We scrimmaged them, I think, in Chestnut Hill. I mean, love BC. It's a beautiful place. Doesn't work out there, and he finds finds a home back here at Penn. Um, what is it about Coach Donahue that breeds success? I mean, this seems to be such a a, a great environment for for it because you guys, you know, your numbers speak for yourselves. I think one of the things that no one really talks about is that he really trusts his players. Um, you know, he, he gives them the benefit of the doubt whatsoever. And so from an athletic, athlete standpoint, um, I think kids want to come here because he understands. He, he recruits guys, and then he, he fully puts his trust in you to, to do it, what it is. Because, I mean, if you look around, you're in a place where, you know, academics are at the forefront, and then you're playing high major basketball. And then socially, you're in Philadelphia, so there's a lot of things going on around you. And so there's so many distractors, so many different things that go on that, you know, it's easily easy to be deviated from what your purpose is and from what you should be doing. And I think Coach Donahue, the first and foremost when it comes to the players, is that he just completely buys into those guys. Yeah. And, um, and then as a, as a person, like I said, he's a, he is who he is. He's a, he's a, a great person on Monday and he's the same person on Tuesday he doesn't come in he's not you know conflicted you'll never know that there's anything going on with him or blah 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 he's just he comes in he's ready to work he's ready to get about get to be about basketball and he's a fun guy to be around because he has so many stories and so many different you know pieces of information and history and he tell he, he he'll bring up a name that you'll never heard of and you're like what, what is that and then yeah. you, I'll go home sometimes and like look up stats <laughs> and be like man this guy's actually pretty good really and so um you know, and so he's got he's, like a lot of facts. No, no doubt. And so, um, just being able to learn from somebody who has such a wealth of knowledge—not just—I mean, so many people look at offensively, but he's really been tying in the defense um, and as well as his offense. And so, just bringing the complete package of what a coach brings. And so, um, 
he's just a, a great guy on and off the floor. Yeah, and and one thing that I kind of stuck out as you're you were describing him is like trusting your players, yeah. right? And what is that? You know what I mean? A lot of times as I was coaching, because our goal Trey was to get here when I was coaching, mm-hmm. which was like near impossible. Because right. in the Philadelphia Catholic League, we were like a mid major basically right. trying to beat the high majors of Rome and Newman Gretti and the like. And it was funny to me because as I was trying to coach. And, you know, I'm like a young rookie head coach against, you know, Speedy Morris, who's got his name on courts, right? I'm a nobody. And I'm like, I want to try to just control everything. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to try to be like, in my mind, I got to be loose. I got to let these dudes make decisions for themselves. Be like, basketball is a dynamic, chaotic sport. And dudes got to be creative, especially the way games played. So that was tough for me on the high school level. How, How do you think, like, how do you do that or how do, how do you think he does that? How does he achieve that? You know what I'm saying? Like that trust level on something like a level of Penn where you guys are competing against a defending national championship and beating them. I think it starts every day in practice. Um, and uh, once once guys get on campus and they understand what, you know, you know this program is about, and, and I'll, I'll kind of backtrack, he, he does a great job of letting everyone know, like, this is Penn. It's about Penn. You know, it's it's not necessarily about one player. It's not necessarily about this guy or that guy. It's not, and he'll bring himself into that picture. It's not. It's not about me. It's about a success um, that we all should bring, um, and a mentality of just trying to do the best that we can each day and, and, and getting better and improving. And so, you know, when we walk out there for practice, he shows you that level of trust by letting you. You know, if you're a guard, he'll let you run plays. He'll let you run this. He'll let you do that. Um, and he'll let you try. But at the same token, understanding that we have to operate in the principles of what we we do to be successful. And so um, if you notice the way we play, we don't run any, like, it's not one four sets. It's not, all right, I'm going to pass it to you. You're going to cut. Yeah. You're going to set a screen. You're going to dive. We're going to dump it in the post, and then we're going to go there. It's not like that. Um, everything's very free-flowing. And so okay. he allows those uh, – he allows spontaneity. He allows guys to be creative. He allows guys to be on the spot, um, and he allows uh, allows those guys to, you know, do what they're best at. And so, yeah. um, I think that's, that's ultimately big. how he bigs, builds that particular trust. Yeah. Um, because guys want to play because they're like, oh, coach is going to let me do this. He's like, oh, he's he's not going to jump down my throat because I shot a shot. And you know, he's like, if it's a good shot, he's good job really you know? and that, so yeah and it, it, that legit translates to games for you guys yeah that's absolutely. dude and I, I would i like it's evident watching you guys play because i don't know what i was doing i think i left early the pleasure it gets too hot in here man of course i gotta leave sometimes <laughs> my, my butt's hurting i was at the saint joe's game mm-hmm. first i was mad that you guys whipped us man they, you guys got us pretty no, good we didn't whip them. that was a good no, game I, man that yeah was, i think i think charlie brown had a good game no he had a really good game he, he was, was he was a good player I'll put it to you like this for what St. Joe's had to go through with the, uh, I think Oliva, he got, he had a dude gruesome uh, oh my, injury. That was man. a terrible injury. Um, and then you know, Fresh Kimball being in and out of the lineup, and then uh, yeah. Anthony Longpre with his, uh, I think he had a concussion. Uh, you know, I, I think there were like three injuries all in the same game, like dude. against Duquesne or yes. something like that. The Duquesne game so was that was like, like a nightmare, um, unbelievable. And so um, for what they had to go through in the short span of time, and then over the course of the year, it's tremendous the way they were able to fight. And so, like. It's just like we say, you know, they say a wounded animal is a dangerous animal. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, we walked in and we did not <coughs> take them for granted because no. they are a quality ball club and and they were ready to go. And um, 
they were competing on the highest of highs, and Charlie Brown had a tremendous game. It, it looked like he was back to his playing his best basketball. Yeah, he looked good. So, um, you know, those those guys, they, they really deserve a lot of credit because we didn't whoop up on them. It, whatever the score was, I don't exactly remember the score, um, partly because I had a lot of family there because it was my nice. birthday, so I was like, oh, yeah. how old were you? were high. Oh, my I'm, day, t- I'm 21. No, there you okay. go. There you go. Yeah, you go. <laughs> no. My bad. I'm, I'm blowing the spot up, no, man. No, I, 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 turned, I turned 32. So. 32, all right. 32. So. That's cool. Um, and you can still play? No. Okay, yeah, that's all <laughs> my, right. My playing days are behind me. I, I, I look, three yeah, knee man. surgeries, and uh, I'm done with it. So um, That's true. I can't play it's, either, Troy. That's good. No, it's good. It, the game passes everybody by, you know? Uh, I still think I got something, man. You know what I'm doing now? I, I do boxing. Yeah, I do boxing. I'm 0 one. There you go. Okay, right, we lost a tough decision, <laughs> but we thought, listen, all right, I'm a, I'm a heavyweight, right? So 201 above is heavyweight. Yeah. I'm fighting a dude from DC, Sugar Ray Leonard's gym. Okay. Guy, first of all, lied about his weight. All right, he was a D tackle at Bowie State, of course, and he's like a solid six six two thirty five. Of course, right? he I heard that he was like two fifteen six two, and you know what? He didn't warm up. So what do you think he was? Yeah, he was course. a southpaw. So. Listen, man, I got to get it literally beat out of me. You know what I'm saying? Because I think I still got it. I mean, mm-hmm. so, so I'll let you know if I get my first win. All right? <laughs> might, I might never let you know. Please do. I might never let you know. All right. All right. So you talked about some of your guys. Let's talk shop a little bit. Um, you have some really good newcomers coming in, right? You know, yeah. so last year was last year. You guys, you know, you're, you're building off of that win in the Big Five. Um, I see you got Max Lorca Lloyd, who's a four-star guy on ESPN, right? Very a lot of a lot of kind of like glamour coming from that, and then you know Lucas Monroe plays here locally at Abington. You know, a teammate of Eric Dick- Eric Dixon's, who's at Villanova now. Mm-hmm. Um, got to meet some of those guys at camp. Um, seem like quality dudes. So, what do you feel about the new guys coming in? Our freshmen are, are tremendous. The one thing I really love about our freshmen is their work ethic. They walked in and they seemed like a mature bunch. Yeah. Um, they, I think most of them, because they were at prep schools, maybe or uh, are out the way, okay. um, they seemed like uh, they were just groomed to play basketball. Sure. Um, so they were in the gym at seven thirty <laughs> in the morning yeah. working out because you know when you're at the prep school in the middle of nowhere and you have no cell phone service or anything, <laughs> it's school and ball. Sure. So what's the what's the best thing to do when you don't feel like studying? Probably go play some basketball. Ball is life. So um, <laughs> you know, but they really seemed to get it, and so uh, it seemed pretty pretty fun uh to to have a group to come in that just really wanted to work that were ready to compete and that just was ready to win yeah um and not saying that the other classes didn't but this is my this is my first freshman class my true first freshman class walking okay in. sure and uh you know it, it it seemed like um they were ready and so it was it's fun it, it really is fun to see these guys and i'm just ready to see them grow and improve and see what they how special they could really be because i think this this will be a special class yeah yeah you have five freshmen is that five. correct okay five. very good so i yeah it was really good meeting a lot of those guys and those are the new fellows so what about some of the returners i mean it seems like i was looking at a lot of your stats you lose a couple guys that mm-hmm. started it seems as if the maybe fifth starter or something was rotating a little bit last year mm-hmm. um but you have adrian brodeur <coughs> coming back uh, 17 points a game last year. Devin Goodman at 14 points a game. Michael Wong, apparently Mike Jensen was on this program saying he was one of the top freshmen, if not the top freshman in the area. Um, talk about me. Talk about those guys. What are they going to bring to the table? So, you know, I'll I work my way up to the seniors. I mean, sure. from – so our sophomore class returning, uh, playing a lot of minutes, Bryce Washington and Mike Wong, 
who both started a hand quite quite a few games. Um, they definitely played in just about every game that we played uh, last year if they weren't hurt. Um, and uh, they're looking to make really good jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bryce was a, a great shooter for us last year. Mike Wong did some great things with the ball, a tremendous passer, great basketball IQ, um, has great length. Uh, and can score at all three phases of the game. And so um, particularly against in the first half of the year last year, he was able to do some special things for us. Yeah. And so we're just looking for those guys to not only come back healthy, but come back uh, and be able to make a jump for us uh, on both sides of the ball. And so um, it'll be really cool to see what they have. And then junior-wise, um, a couple of uh, uh, guys that typically don't get a lot of the headlines, uh, Jared Simmons, uh, Eddie Scott, um, those two guys were brought in around the same time with Jelani Williams was unfortunately hurt. Um, but, uh, Eddie Scott's looking to make, uh, make a jump into the rotation for the most part, really long athletic kid, about six, five, six, six, uh, pretty athletic. And then Jared Simmons, who's, uh, looking to kind of take over for, um, you know, Max Rothschild, who graduated last yes. year, who was a, a senior big for us. And, uh, you know, uh, Jared, 6'9", and really long, pretty athletic, uh, can shoot the three ball a little bit. And uh, he's a very strong kid. And so hopefully him and AJ could uh, do some do some damage in the front court for us. And then senior-wise, you know, we bring back uh, three kids who are all-conference at particular point in their, their career you know Devin Goodman was all conference last year uh obviously AJ Broder who was consideration for player of the year the last two years and then um Ryan Bentley who we missed uh the entire year with last year who tore his patella tendon in the first game against George Mason last year and so uh he's a tremendous shooter and all league caliber scorer actually led our team uh in scoring uh the year that they won the Ivy League t- uh, title and so um you know, we got three great leaders and three great workers to kind of emulate what this program's about and kind of give these younger guys a taste of what what's to come. And so we're just happy to have that particular balance. And if you notice, there was there's three here. There's two oh, here. I there's noticed three it. here. There's two <laughs> yeah. here. So it's like we've, we've, we've done a good job. And I it's won't say we. I won't include myself because I wasn't <laughs> a part of this, uh, all these recruiting classes. Um, but as a program, done a good job of getting a lot of balance and being able yes. to kind of make sure that even though after a certain amount of time we might lose this group of kids but we're able to rebound with the next group of kids and so really create that uh that balance for the for the future yeah and i think like i believe me i noticed talking about it balance was the huge word because mm-hmm. you guys like and, and we'll look at the other big five teams in a second like in terms of having size, either at the forward or even center position, not only do you have like the ability to score, but just the skill level is so high. Yeah. You know, if Michael Wong is, is the height that he is and he can step back and hit a three, and Broder is able to have like a baby hook, and then you have strong point guards and young guys that are able to run the floor and finish. I mean, dude, that's that's like a solid squad, man. Yep. So I I definitely think you know that, that that's a great segue. I mean, the Big Five is in flux if it ever was. You know, you, you have Villanova who yes is coming off of that. You know, dare we say dynasty? You know, two two national championships in three years. You know, they I guess they had a you know a little bit of down by winning the Big East and, and getting knocked out. So they'll have to replace Eric Pascal and Phil Booth, um, St. Joe's and Temple coming from um, you know two longtime coaches and Fran Dunphy and Phil Martelli respectively are going to have a lot of changes there. Um, and then with Ashley Howard at LaSalle, he's getting settled in, but they seem to still be you know in flux a bit. You guys, you know what I mean? You, it seems to be, you know, you're, you're kind of like that steadying force in the Big Five right now. Does that separate you to, to kind of, you know, seek to repeat this year? 
I honestly think the Big Five is stronger than what people give it credit for. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I know Villanova will be tough regardless. Yeah, they, they yeah no doubt. Great, <laughs> they bring in great players each and every year, and obviously great coaching, great staff, great program. You're going there, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're um, going to the Finn? Yeah. Um, St. Joe's, <clears throat> say what you want. Um, mm. Billy Lang has done a tremendous job in the amount yeah. of time that he's been there to kind of, you know, restore some of the things that have been going on there and just kind of get those guys continuously moving in the direction that they were trajected to be last year. Yeah. Um, you know, and he has some good returners coming back. And so um, he has a great balance coming in as well. And so they're going to be great. Ashley Howard's a tough coach. Um, and he's a he's a fierce coach and a very good competitor as a mm-hmm. coach. Um, had the, the pleasure of meeting him on the road a couple of times. And so... Um, if you know his his group is anything like him, they're going to be tremendously hard to prepare for, as well as hard to play against, um, as they were last year. And um, obviously, Temple, um, you know, I, I personally think nothing has really changed because I think yeah. Aaron McKee is he's, uh, he's he's a great guy, and you know he's he was so much a part of that program last year. Um, but losing the, the 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 big voice and the big figure of Coach Fran Dunphy, obviously that those shoes can't be filled. Um, but he's such a great leader of men. He's such a great person that you know it's hard to emulate what he could bring. But at the same token, I know that he's le- he knows that he's leaving that program in good hands with That's Coach fun. McKee, and so it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough one way or the other. And we we're we're not talking about repeating. We're not. We don't talk about being defending champs because we're not. We're not defending champs because this this year is a completely new year. You know, um, this is a new bunch of kids. Uh, that each group has a new bunch of kids, and so um, we're not defending anything. The only way we could defend something is if we have the same thing going on the very next year. So if we had the same exact team going into this year. Um, and all of those teams have the same exact team, then yeah, we would say we're defending. But we're not. You know, it's a completely different year. It's a new year, so um, we're all at 0-0. Zero, zero. So yeah. that's the beauty of basketball is that, you know, it starts over and you got a chance to really just show what you're about and just kind of combat and say last year was yesteryear and, you know, now we're here and we're ready to go. So Yeah, man, that, that's true. So they, they might not have the double headers anymore and the streamers coming off at every first basket, but Big Five basketball is alive and well. No, so it is. Yeah, so Trey Montgomery, we appreciate your time. I don't want to take too much of it, man. This is this is fantastic visiting you here at the Palestra. Um, I understand you guys have a the blue-white scrimmage this Saturday. Is that Saturday. right? This okay. Saturday we have our annual scrimmage, so free to the public, so whoever obviously – um, would like to come. They're they're more than welcome to. Uh, you know, it'd be fun. Get a chance for our guys to go up and down for about an hour and uh, really be able to compete in front of the fan base. So the fan base can get a, a sneak preview of what yeah. they what they have or what we have. And yeah, so. all right. Well, thank you very much, Trey. I'm looking forward to seeing you again, man. Always, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Well, thanks again, Trey, for hosting the Bro Love Cast. Um, we're very. Very happy to have worked with you and uh, to work that connection. He's an awesome dude, man. Funny guy. Yeah. Funny guy. Well, before we close out here, Eggy, I uh, I want to rate, re-rate <laughs> Big Five Girls. Are we going to rate the bibs? We did this at one the point. Bibs? And I had to redo. We I, I came back to Eggy and I said, we got to redo this. Yeah. Because I went to Villanova football against Stony Brook, tailgated with the fam. <laughs> I had two cousins in from Hotlanta. One went to Kentucky, one went to Georgia Tech. And all three of us were just in another place. We were beside <laughs> ourselves because the girls at Villanova, I knew they were beautiful. 
I knew they would He be. knew it. He knew it already. But well, I did get reminded of it. This was another <laughs> level. Good Lord, Villanova. God bless you, really. Uh, number two, I'm going to stick stick with Temple, my formal number one. Uh-huh. Uh, Temple's got a lot of diversity in the female department <laughs> and the male department. Yeah. But that brings another like another level to the beautifulness of the chicks there. It does. So we'll keep Temple up at the top at two. Uh-huh. I know a lot of St. Joe's girls, so I, you know I'm a little biased. Yeah. But it's between St. Joe's and Penn for three, and we do see a lot of Penn girls because we're we're on 20th and Sansom right here in Philly. Yeah. And they're right across the bridge, so they you know they come over here quite a bit. They're wearing their Penn sweaters and running on the trail, and they're beautiful too. So I don't want to downplay Penn, but I got to put St. Joe's at three, Penn at four, LaSalle. I've never partied with you. Socks LaSalle. I've never hung out with you, even when I was in college. I know a couple of Sal girls, yeah. I guess. So we just never wind up down on all any. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So So I gotta get I get LaSalle's at five. Alright, I'm with you at the top and I hate saying it. God, I hate saying it. Because I don't like Villanova. So you're getting them at one? Of course. It's a fucking no brainer, dude. Like, come on. You go to grad school there, so you I, know. That's what I mean. Like that campus, it is the most and your mom would not like this at all. Sorry, but I don't like walking around campus there. It's very it's all right. It's very, um, if I don't know you, you don't matter to me. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's, noses aren't in the air. Yeah, there. dude, it is like, whoop, like <laughs> way high. But the girls are fine as hell. They get number one. I disagree with you. Penn, all right, is right behind. Okay. Because I, you know what I mean? So you have been seeing these girls around the city then? Yeah, of course. Of course. And they're Penn sweaters. A lot yeah. of Penn sweaters. They're proud. I mean, then you got Wharton too, man. Like, let's, let's not let's not sell the graduate school short as well. True. Uh, and then I'll go um, St. Joe's because I'm partial to them. Temple LaSalle to follow up. <laughs> Temple at four? Temple at four, dude. I don't like that. Yo, Temple girls try to do too much, man. No, they don't. Try to do too much. Like, way too many... High-waisted acid jeans, monocle eyeglasses, and suspenders. It's called culture. When you're really from like fucking Downingtown. It's called so, culture. So just stop. <laughs> like you know it's true too. There's a lot of artsy girls there. Fake artsy girls too. Well, yeah. like just, school of art. I know, but you know what I'm saying. No, I know. You know what I'm saying. It's too many house parties on Gratz and that. House. Oh yeah. <laughs> Eggy's referencing memories. He's not referencing current day though. That could be a problem. Dude, the, what, you think Villanova changed from five years ago? Danny Jackson, vet of the cast. When he was there, the chicks weren't the same. And that's when we raided last. That's not true. Ask him. <laughs> that's not true. Ask him. He doesn't know what's there right now. But I'm saying it's when he was there. It's the same. Whatever. All right, you it's heard it here. Big five, one to five, ratings of the chicks. I would like a girl to come on and do that for the dudes. <laughs> yeah. That's Temple, true. Temple will probably be number one. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> to be honest, like, Villanova would be number one, too. Really? They're just, like, handsome people on that campus. Wow. I'm comfortable in my sexuality saying that. They are. All right, all right. Well, yeah. everybody, thank you for listening. It's currently a uh, Saturday here in Philly. I'm going to go have a beer. But uh, we're going to put this out on a Monday. So I hope you have a great Monday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Diddly dum dum 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 diddly dum dum
sharks in the sea Sometimes I miss the rivers But it really doesn't matter to me Italy dum dum day Italy dum dum day Nantucket Island wait for me Rent a bike in the morning What a way to spend the day In the evening when the sun go down There's always places to wind and down Italy dum dum day Italy dum dum day Nantucket Island wait I'm listening Yeah, everybody's kind of shopping around Diddly dum dum day Diddly dum dum day And talk it out on Get out of the way for me. Get a little dumb day. Get a little dumb day.